This is the Five Point Play Podcast, Die Hard Duke Basketball Fan Podcast, brought to you by the Duke Blue Brotherhood Forums, the most electrifying message boards for all Duke fans. AC, you and I have been on there for over a year now. And have you ever seen so much chatter as you did after that exhibition? Dude, I think everybody is uh I think everybody in Duke Nation is just excited that everything is back. I mean, there was a game day thread on there that was what was it, like thirteen or fourteen pages long or something like that. And it's just an exhibition For game. For exhibition game. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then I, and Twitter was fired up. Like, you know, I was all over Twitter all day. <laughs> Shout out to everybody on Twitter. It was, it was uh, crazy, man. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and and obviously a lot of Duke fans have a reason to be excited. It was the first time we got to see our boys in action in front of a Pat Cameron in almost two years. Mm-hmm. So it, it was uh, it was wild. Jack, what did you think of the fans, by the way? That was 600 days too long without fans at Cameron. My goodness. <laughs> oh, how I've missed hearing everyone screaming their asses off that whole game. And, and uh, you know, AC, you made a really good point. Uh, you know, Jack, you and I are on a uh, text chain, and we're talking about the game. But you made a great point at halftime. AC, what was it about the dances that you liked? <laughs> it, dude, <laughs> it looked like they got a bunch of transfers from Arizona State, man. So Dude's dances have the- never looked like that. Everything's an upgrade. Upgrades <laughs> all over the board. So they went to the transport portal, is what you're saying? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it applies to them, too. All right. Um, well, this is a family show, so we are going to move on. We're going to get right in. We're going to get right into it. Uh, MC, what, do you, do you have a, what are you sipping on tonight? Uh, man, I got myself some Noah's Mill, dude. High, high, high potent, high octane for this show, man, because I'm very excited to talk about this game. All right. Well, we're going to talk about it. But before we get there, Jack, um, how did you feel when AC dropped that knowledge on us uh, about him attending? The last game of the year. Wait a minute, we're breaking that news today? Yeah, we're breaking it right now. We're going to break it right now. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I can't go, just regardless. Even even if I had the chance, I probably wouldn't be able to go. But I'm jealous, man. I want want to be there for Kay's last game in Cameron. I do. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I... I'm speechless for for the first time in my life. I, uh, I you know, that's I, never I'm happened happy. before. Right, I'm, I'm happy for you for sure. Uh, but I look, I, if God is my witness, I will find my way into camera for that game. You got to do it, man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way. Dude, take some chloroform, uh, grab the janitor, just pull him in the closet. Bam, got him. Gosh, <laughs> take that uniform, oh, dude. That's all you gotta do, man. Whatever I gotta do. All right, well, all right. So let's get to this exhibition game, guys. Um, 108 to 30 or 106 to 38. Just an absolute butt-kicking from the start. Mm-hmm. Paolo got things started, got the first basket into the night. It was vintage Duke in terms of, you know, you get a D2 team and, you know, give them credit. They had only been practicing for two weeks. So, you know, having to come in there and play a top-10 team yeah. that is, like you said, AC, you've been saying this for a while, that Duke's hungry, the revenge tour. Mm-hmm. So... Talk about what you saw, you know, right from the get-go from, from Duke. Well, it's just, the team was so together, and the score could have been worse because Kay left the reserves in in the second half a long time. And honestly, I think it was to for them to regain the lead because in the second half, the reserves were down for for most of that, that first seven minutes or so, and they finally ended up taking the lead against against uh, Winston-Salem State. It ended up being like 11-10 to 10 for the half. So once they got that lead, the starters came like right in immediately. So... I think he was trying to let them work some things out. He kind of let Theo stay out there and run that team. If Theo, if Theo is not, if he's not a captain by the end of this year, I'd be very surprised, very surprised, because he's just he's such a good leader out there on the court, man. We have that's, we have a bunch of leaders, we have a bunch of hungry guys, we have a bunch of dudes who want to win 
more than they care about you know the the lottery balls in uh in, you know in june or whatever so i'm, I'm super excited man yeah, you know, what I really love about this team, and Jack, I want you to talk about it, is is the balance that this team has. And, you know, kind of like AC just talked about, I know one thing about the 2014-2015 team that ended up winning the national championship was that, you know, kind of after they hit that rough patch, they Coach K kind of brought them all in saying the eight is enough. And it really was basically like, hey, you know, especially the Justice Winslow story, if you just take care of what we're supposed to do as a team, that will take care of your lottery, you know, dreams and, and, and aspirations. So what do you see, Jack, what do you see from this team, at least just through the exhibition game, that kind of shows you this team is balanced and they're checking their egos in the right way? I mean, you see guys deferring. You see, like, Paulo, yeah, he did He did lead the team in scoring by a pretty significant margin. That being said, he still deferred a lot. He he passed the ball a really good amount. He – um. And this is a guy who's like gunning for that top pick in the draft. And if he's willing to defer and pass and create for other people, then I think everyone else is going to check their ego at the door too. I don't, I don't think anyone on the floor cares who, like who you were in high school. I was the guy for my entire life. It doesn't matter. You're not the guy. And even <laughs> if you are the guy, you're going to still look for other people to be the guy sometimes. I think we saw a lot of just great overall play. We saw guys being leaders on the floor. Wendell, Theo, those two specifically popped out to me. We saw a lot of balance, like both of you guys have said. Paulo aside, everyone scored between 5 and 14 points that got significant run. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm just, I'm impressed by the fact that everyone is willing to just like go out there and fight for the let, the name on the front, not necessarily on the back. Yeah, you know, you, you take care of the name on the front, and the name on the front is going to take care of the name on the back. So, you know, AC, in terms of just overall kind of game plan that you saw from Coach K, obviously, you know, it, it is a, an exhibition against a, a D2 team. Mm-hmm. Did you see anything that kind of surprised you from a game plan, actually, you know, standpoint? Or was it kind of just, you know, black and white, you know, pretty cookie cutter for, you know, not kind of don't want to show my hand too much? No, I don't, I don't think, honestly, I don't think anything was too cookie cutter. I, th- I thought for this being such a young team and most of the guys haven't played together, the sets that we ran, Kate ran a lot of sets this game. It wasn't a lot of what we've seen the past couple of years where it's isolation or let's just set a pick and let the most talented guy go to work. It was a lot. There was a lot of sets that happened. And then in between the sets, it was Paolo was putting up some mid-range jumpers. I think he was pra- kind of practicing those tough contested shots. Cause those are the types of shots he's going to get a lot of in the season. And I said it on Twitter. Those are falling by January. I know a lot of people were kind of worried. They're like, Oh, he's taking shots that he's not supposed to take or whatever else he's supposed to take those shots. And right now he is against an exhibition team. He is absolutely practicing, you know, the turnarounds and some of the, the two dribble pull-ups and the mid range and everything with the defender in your face. So he can work on that game speed type of shot. I love seeing it, man. And I hope we see more of it throughout, throughout the beginning of the season when we are playing some of these lower ranked teams and things, because those are the types of shots he's going to have to hit when it comes down to crunch time and the tournament and everything else. So take those now, Paolo, please. I love it. Keep doing what you're doing because he scored 21 in 20 minutes. But in terms of surprises, it nothing really, I guess that's the only thing that jumped out was just the amount of sets that we ran and how, how well we executed those sets. Again, it's, it's a D2 team, but that doesn't change how you run the floor. It doesn't change your footwork. It doesn't change how you're engaged on the offense. All those things 
they stay the same, if not get better when you're playing better competition, quite honestly. So I love seeing it. I love seeing the defense go to zone on occasion, especially when you had Joey and Bates in the game. We switched to zone a few times. The zone didn't look great, but it wasn't like it was bad either. So it was, it was cool, man. I like I like seeing everything I saw. Yeah, and Jack, you know, wrap this one off. Uh, one thing I will point to is we had 26 assists to just four turnovers as a team. Uh, what impressed you uh, watching that game? I mean, the fact that Winston-Salem State had only, like, was it one assist? I think, so. I think it was just one, maybe two. I think yeah, it was two, two assists. Two assists. Okay, so they got one late in the game. Yeah, two, they had two assists and 19 turnovers. <laughs> the fact that Duke's assists <laughs> numbers looked like their turnover numbers and Duke's turnover numbers looked like their assist numbers, that's amazing. Like, I don't care if it's a Division Two team. You expect them to get more than two assists in a game. That's... That says a lot about Duke's defense forcing people to dribble and not necessarily like into a shot. It, they're they're forcing people to make plays for themselves. It's honestly just incredible. And I'm pretty sure both of those both of those assists were on fast breaks after a missed shot from Duke. I think you're right. Yeah, this team kind of forced them to play one on one, which was it, we're we're getting back to. And you know, I hate to hate to use this cliche, but we're getting back to Duke basketball of being able to. Force turnovers, funnel guys into the interior help defense. There were times where when it was Paolo and Mark on the floor, you had, as soon as they got by the guard, which was by design because the guard funneled them to the baseline, suddenly Paolo was there either trying to take a charge or put his hands up for the block. If you happened to get by Paolo, Mark was there getting ready to throw it into the stands. It was crazy, man. I was like, this is like, our, our perimeter defense is insane. Like the fact that Trevor, we'll talk about defense later. The fact that Trevor has become possibly the best perimeter defender on our team with Jeremy, with Wendell, those guys up top, man, were a menace. Yeah, you know, Duke had 26 points off of turnovers. So, you know, and, <laughs> and that's what them, you know, calling the dogs off very early on. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely uh, a blessing to be able to say we got really quick and lengthy yards, you know, off top. And, I mean, even Jalen Blanks, you know, you have the length up top. That that's going to be very disruptive for a lot of teams. I don't care where you are. And, Kentucky, and just to, Kentucky better be sorry, ready for it. Uh, sorry to throw, uh, cut, cut you off, but just to throw something else out there, right? Because so, this team is going to be compared to a couple of different teams. It's going to be compared to the Zion team. It's going to be compared, of course, to last year's team because you have players on that squad still. And then it's going to be compared a little bit, I think, to that Bagley squad as well. Let's look at the Bagley squad and their uh, exhibition against Bowie State. They only created 10 turnovers that game. So by comparison, you know what I mean? Like you can compare the two since it's two division two schools or whatever. Like you can compare those two and look at it and say, wow, this team is definitely doing something defensively. Yeah, there's there's no question. There's going to be some similarities and there's going to be a lot of comparisons made. But that's a good thing because it shows that we're going to be you know at where we need to be. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit because we've talked a lot about kind of how that game went. But let's talk about, you know, we've talked about each of our players so far. And that includes uh, Jack's boy, Bass Jones. <laughs> We've talked about every player and kind of kind of what we expect from them this season. And so we're going to do a new segment called What's Trending? And we're going to talk about each player's performance of the game that just came back. So next week we'll obviously talk about the Kentucky game and, and kind of you know where each player met uh, our expectations. And with that being said, Jack, Trending up, down, or metro expectations for Bass Jones. I mean, let's be honest. The guy had eleven points. Uh, he was shooting. He he was not hesitating from three, and he made it look pretty good. Did he meet your expectations? He he exceeded my expectations. Bates. Yeah. I mean, I I pulled up. I tweeted during the game. 
I tweeted about Bates Jones. His he's impressing me here. It is Bates Jones is impressing me far more than his Davidson numbers did, and it's the truth. The man reminded me of early twenty nineteen, like before the Syracuse game. Jack White from three. He's just automatic, like no hesitation, quick trigger. He's able to score in the low post. He had some really he had a really nice post move toward the end of the game. He um he's he played decent defense. Um like way better than I expected and he's he's just a leader on the floor. It's very impressive and obviously he's from a Duke family so you love to see things like that but Bates Bates is ready I think for the high level competition even if it's just going to be limited minutes. Yeah, I mean the guy went 3 of 5 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 3 of 3 from the line had 11 points, 4 rebounds. I'd be a hypocrite here if I didn't say that I wasn't even beyond impressed. So he definitely exceeded my expectations and see what he got. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And the one thing I kept thinking about with Bates, and Jack brought it up, the Jack White comparison actually was pretty much spot on. That was, you know, if if he can hit shots like that against, you know, tough D1 competition, he played smart. He played hard. Like, that's what you wanted from Jack White. And you got it in the beginning of the season when we were really rolling, and then suddenly it wasn't there anymore. So at the very least, you know, and limited action and everything else, if he can give us those, you know, types of moments, then, you know, those are the moments that K always talks about, and that's that's big for this team. So let's move on. We got Jalen Blake, uh, played about 20 minutes, was 2 of 9 from the field, had 5 points. He did have 6 rebounds, a couple of assists, no turnovers. Jack, what do you got? Met expectations, the low, or exceeded? I'm going to say exceeded. I mean, yeah, the, the shot percentage isn't great, but he hit a 3. It was a nice-looking 3. He had an incredible block off the glass which I did not expect him to make. That wingspan really is incredibly long. 6'10 on a 6'2 frame is just not what you expect Mm -hmm. to see. And like more importantly, he he was aggressive on offense, on defense. He was aggressive in trying to get to the hoop, which is why he put up nine shots. He was aggressive in trying to create for others. He was very good at keeping the ball like to himself and not giving it up, no turnovers, and just he's a dog. And I I really I'm incredibly excited that he's gonna be a part of Duke's program during this transition to Coach Shire. Um, I think he's going to be an integral part of Shire's uh, first few years as the head coach, and that's honestly what I was expecting for him. Yeah, you know, to me, he met expectations. Um, you know, I wasn't coming in there thinking that he's going to you know, be some guy that's going to line it up for us, but he's going to play that hard-nosed defense. I agree. I love those blocks that he had. He, you know, I thought he was a little bit nervous at the beginning, which is to be expected. But overall, I love his energy. You know, he came in and did exactly what I would be, I would expect him to do for this new team. And you see what he got. Yeah, in a game like this, it's hard to be below expectation. I wouldn't put him below, but he's right on that cusp at met, met and below, I think. I, I was happy with his activity. I was happy with the, the wingspan. Defensively, he was he definitely was playing well. He's just he's not quite there. He he came off the bench as number nine, which we expected. So that's why I'm kind of keeping him at that met expectation range. He came off number nine. You know he he did what he was asked to do. That the jump shot has to be worked on. It's that's one of the things that against better competition, unless he's wide open, he's not he's not going to be able to take a lot of jumpers this year. It, 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 good jumpers, I guess I should say. So I was I was a little concerned about that. The jumper is the thing that kind of has me in that lowered expectation range. But, you know, other than that, he's, he's got time to grow as a player. He's, he's going to be a Duke for a little while, and I'm, I'm happy with that. So I, I don't think right away we're going to get Jalen Blake's winning games for us or anything. But I do think by the end of the season, when he starts tightening the handle up, tightens and, tightening some of the other things up, he is going to be somebody who's going to see some time and some, some important games for us later on. 
Uh, so we got, a, we got a good one right here, A.J. Griffin. Um, we didn't know how much time he would actually play. But we called it. But we did call AC, credit to you. Uh, you did call this one 17 minutes, a little bit over 17 minutes, yeah. almost 18 minutes. He did go, uh, he, he did have 10 points. He was 3 or 6 from the field. He was 0 of 2 from the line. And AC, you and I talked about this offline mm-hmm. that his shot looked a little bit, you know, hitchy. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as fluid as you'd like to see him. But, you know, you can chalk that up to being, to being mm-hmm. rusty. Uh, to me, I would say uh, because he's been out, he met my expectations. I wasn't sure what to look for uh, with him, you know, kind of in this role. So to me, he met the expectations. As the game kind of went on, he got a little bit more comfortable. And we're not going to see the good AJ until, you know, probably January or February. So to me, he, he met him. Uh, Jack, what do you got? I mean, he played, which exceeded my initial expectations. <laughs> However, that, that being said, I think just overall for – as a player, I, I think he met he met my expectations. He's going to be a sixth man to start the season. This was going to happen anyway. He he's still reacclimating to playing basketball for the first time in two years. Um, he he looked he looked rusty, but you can see the talent. You can see the potential. I think once the rust shakes off and ACC play is uh, hits the ground running, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a lot a lot bigger of a part of the team than he was the other day. Hey. AJ? Yeah, I put on Twitter, the minute AJ becomes the real AJ that we know, and it's going to happen this season, I'm, I'm putting it in February, but the minute he becomes that player is the minute we become national champions. It's bottom line. The dude is coming off the bench as a 6'7 guy with like a 7'1 wingspan. His activity was his activity was awesome. He was so active on the floor. He had that one where I want to say it was maybe Blake's tossed him the alley-oop and... It was a little offline, so he didn't go for the dunk, but he, he kind of grabbed it and secured it. That was a good sign for the knee. It was a good sign for his confidence, I think. And once that happened, you kind of saw him kind of ping-ponging around the court more than he had already to start the game. Like, when he came in, he was definitely ready. He moved a little bit. He looked a little rusty, looked a little stiff. But once that play happened, he was kind of he was kind of on the go at that point, which I love to see. That's what we need from him to start. To start, we need him to be that on-the-go player, versatile, subbing for anybody, and just bring something to the table, which he does. The rebounding was good. He had a nice assist. You know, he had a steal. He was playing well, man. I, I like the way AJ played. The one thing he's going to have to learn to do is hit the standstill three. That was kind of one of those things we talked about before the season even. He's a dribble into three-point shooter, so he's got to learn to hit that standstill. When he does, man, he's it's it's lights out for this team when he hits his stride. So Joey, three pieces on next player. Oh, Joey. <laughs> he, 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 he arguably had the most surprising... <laughs> play of the entire night when he just flushed it in the first half. I didn't know I didn't know Joey Three Piece had that in him. Uh outside of that, he pretty much played exactly who he is. You know, he hit a couple threes, which was nice. He did make a couple, you know, other hustle plays. He did have six rebounds, which was cool, but you know, to, to me he is who he is. Uh so I'm gonna give him nine expectations. If he didn't have that flush, he may have been just below for me personally. Uh Jack, what do you got? I, I think he met my expectations. I expected him to keep playing that like hard, hard f like high effort defense that we saw him do like starting to do a little bit last year. Um, the three point shot is there. He's hitting it. That's a great sign. Hopefully for next week against Kentucky and just for the whole season. Um, that that's exciting for me uh, as a fan of Joey Baker. Um, and that dunk was. Honestly, pretty <laughs> amazing. I was shocked to see it. 
I mean, I've seen him do stuff like that in high school, but not not at the collegiate right. level. Yeah, he and uh, he and Jalen had two of the better dunks of the night. That's yeah, true. That's true. Hey, see, what do you got for three piece? Yeah, no, the you know Joey Buckets a chicken man. He was out there putting buckets in. That's what that's what we like to see. He was two for five for three. That's a forty percent. You know, if he can be a forty percent three point shooter off season, awesome. Because we talked about it before the season, he hasn't sniffed that forty percent range. So. I'm I'm happy with it. I don't know that he's going to see that many as many minutes as he got tonight. He may, you know, he was around what was it like 16 minutes, something like that. Yeah, he, he was just about seven, un, yeah. under just under 17 minutes a game. So if he's if he's in that between the 10 and 15 range all season, I'm cool with it, and that gives him an opportunity. I think when he came on the floor, the defense did suffer a little bit, and that's that's kind of to be expected. So I put him at a meets expectation. Okay, now we're kind of getting to the meat and potatoes here, Theo John. Uh, this guy to me, you know, is not even about the stat sheet. So I, awesome. I, I love this guy. I he's swear so to God. Awesome. I love th- he is the super six man for this team. And I had expectations that were somewhat high. The more times I hear about him, the more times I see him in the weight room, everything you hear uh, and see in these videos, I love this guy. He's got the post-up moves. He's got the presence on the floor. He's an absolute animal. He has no ego. He exceeded my expectations, and I, I think that's even unfair because I think this is how he's going to play the entire year. AC, what he got? Yeah, he is. I was thinking about this during the game. If outside of Paolo, because it's pretty obvious, but outside of Paolo, if there is one person that if they got hurt, God forbid they got hurt, I don't. It, it's him. I don't want him to get hurt. Like he's the one guy that I think if he if we lost him, it would be very very difficult to replace what he's going to do for us because he's going to let Mark be able to be aggressive because he's going to sub in and out for Mark. Mark's not going to be a foul trouble all season because of Theo. Like, there's nothing that we have on the bench that replaces what Theo John does. Everything else on the court, for the most part, except for Theo and Paolo, we have something to replace that. So, dude, every game, Theo, has he just keeps impressing me. I put him at 10 minutes to start the season when we did our preseason minutes. Yeah, that, that, that has to Blown rush. out of the water, dog. <laughs> yeah, that has to be, you got to double it, honestly. Yeah, that was blown out of the water. This dude is amazing. I love Theo John so much, man. He, I can't. Can't say enough about the dude. Um, Jack, do you have anything to add? Theo John shattered my expectations. <laughs> shattered. Like, yeah, I knew he was a good – he's a good player in a power conference, but Duke is Duke. You expect – like, the talent level, even between, like, Marquette and Duke, is pretty substantial. And he really honestly proved to me that he is a Duke basketball player. If he was not a fifth-year senior, he would – definitely be a, a long-term piece after like after mark is gone yeah. my gosh i i love this guy he already bleeds duke basketball yeah. and it's it's so good <laughs> to see and yeah i i can't wait to see the super super big lineups with him paulo and mark on the floor yeah. at the same time he kind of reminds it's, me of uh he reminds <laughs> me a little bit of like marshall plumley in that role but better like he's oh, he's, far he's filling far, yeah. everything that marshall did the the kickouts off the rebounds you know the the defense dunking everything like that's exactly what Marshall did and that's exactly what yeah I think yeah I think that's yeah. a fair comparison yeah, yeah but just better he's just yeah. better <laughs> just, just better just better uh, obviously all right so let's move on here we got the captain Wendell Moore uh, to me Wendell kind of gave us what we were looking for he was kind of that Swiss Army knife you know he had a bunch of assists no turnovers he only had eight points but that was kind of all I was asking but he made his two threes that he took. He met my expectations. He, if he plays like that all year, I expect him to probably put up a few more points. Uh, but he only played 18 minutes. He's going to obviously play closer than that, 25 to 30 mark. 
uh, when when we start getting rolling here. So to me, in the time that I saw him, he was very very fair in terms of meeting my expectations. Jack, what did you have for him? Wendell met my expectations as well. Again, didn't play super much, but you know, like like I've been saying the entire offseason, he's hitting his threes above the break, and that's game changing because he he really is a guy who can who needs to drive to the hoop to have his game meet its full potential. And that three he hit above the break really it makes you want to cover him up there, which means he can get by you. I I'm really I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Again, he he really did play that point forward kind of role. He grabbed some rebounds, he scored, he facilitated a little bit, and I I think that's exactly what he's going to be uh, for Duke all season. And you see anything? Yeah, no. He's um he's dealing with a little bit of a knee issue right now, so I think the scoring and everything will come once that. It's kind of like an overuse type of injury. That's what I've yeah. I've come to gather on that. Uh, they were working on it on the sideline a couple times. You could see actually they actually caught shots of uh, uh, F- Jose Fonseca, you know, rubbing some stuff on his knee or whatever. So I think that's something that in time is going to be fine or whatever. But yeah, with more minutes and and a, a tighter game, then we're going to see. You know, I think we're going to see Summer Wendell, man. Summer Wendell is that dude, dude. I loved it. So he, I'll put him. I'll put him at met expectations. I'll, I'll put him at met because the. Him running the point looked so much better than it did in the past two years. Uh, AC, we're going to keep it with you and get, you, get to your boy here, Jeremy Roach. My man. Uh, you know, 10 points, 76, one turnover. That's he actually team. had, if you, if you guys like plus minus, which I'm, I'm, I'm not all in on plus minus, but he did have the yeah. highest plus minus um, with 51. So, I mean, the yeah. guy played well. Three of six from the field, one of three from, the, uh, from three. I love the fact that he was three for three from the line. He did a little bit of everything in AC. I know I'm not going to try to steal your thunder here, but I know that you loved how he got in the lane and set his teammates up. So to me, he you know. exceeded the expectations, but I'm going to let you have it. You already know. I'm gonna, All I'm going to say is for everybody else, he probably exceeded the expectations. For me, he met him yeah. because this is the guy that I know. I know this kid. I know how he plays. I know this is what he's capable of, man. This is exactly what we've been waiting for. And he's awesome. I love Jeremy Rose so much. That's all I got, man. I love the kid so much. <laughs> all right, Jack, what do you got? I'm, I'm going to say also he met my expectations because I, I've seen his high school highlights. I mean, I didn't see him play in high school, but I've seen his highlights, and I, I understand this is what Jeremy Roach should be. And I'm just so, so happy that he's finally, like, I think he's the point guard, so like I'm not going to call him the floor general, but he he right now is the closest thing that Duke really has to a floor general, and the team as a whole is really cohesive, and I think his play is the key to that right now. Is one of the primary ball handlers, a guy who's going to drive and kick. I'm really I'm I'm happy to see him finally get into his high school level. I'm I'm just happy at the end of the day. I think <laughs> Jeremy Jeremy's the key Let to the out, team. Yeah. Let it out. <laughs> it's Jeremy's awesome. the key to the team. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Like he was. He was making passes, and like if it was a side to side pass, he was telling them where to throw the ball next. Like he threw one to, I think yeah. it was it was Trevor or AJ, and they, he he pointed to Joey in the corner, to like Joey get the ball the over yeah. to the corner. Yeah. You know I mean, like he wasn't doing any of that last year, man. Like this is this is that de- like I'm telling you, it's a different kid completely from last year mentally. And now that he's had an off off season, now that he's been able to really participate in strength and conditioning, like we're gonna see this dude like be who he is, man. Like I can't, I can't. I'm so excited, man. I am so happy for him. Uh, well, let's keep it with his backcourt mate, uh, Trevor Keels. This is a guy to me. He was five of nine, so that's about you know you're gonna understand. You know, other than Paolo, he's gonna probably be taking some of the most shots in the game. Mm-hmm. So five of nine, he was two for five from three. A guy that uh, he had twelve points. Four assists, no turnovers. He was one of the, the show for a while. I love everything the guy does. He's an absolute dog. 
he, but he met my expectations because this is exactly who I think he's going to be. Jack, what about you? I mean, honestly, he, he met my expectations from like right now. But if you asked me like two months ago, that that's exceeding my expectations. So this is a guy who like he was the sixth man originally. He fought for and won a starting spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, AJ Griffin getting hurt certainly helped him uh, in that sense. However, he was with the starting unit before in practice, but I'm, I'm very happy seeing how Trev's playing. I think he, he's legit. He's shown that. And there's really not much to be said that wasn't said after the countdown uh, performance he had Trev. I'm, I'm really excited to see how he does this year. And you see what he got on kill mode. The, uh, the defense, the defense exceeded my expectation. He, he has, he is truly our best perimeter defender. In the, the the scrimmage against Villanova, he was guarding Justin Moore, and Justin Moore put up twenty seven. We don't know exactly, you know, how that came about or whatever, but you know, it, it is you know he took on that mantle as a freshman, took on a junior, like, hey, I'm gonna do this or whatever. So, and and he he loves playing defense. That's the one thing about Trevor that's different from what I've seen from him at Paul to Six. I'm not saying he didn't love defense at Paul to Six. I'm saying he didn't have to as much. They are kind of more of a zone, play a little bit of man team here or there, whatever. But he has truly just taken on playing the other team's best offensive player. And I'm I'm here for it, man, because he is awesome. And him bringing the ball up, this, this team is going to – this Duke team is going to officially kill the true point guard, and I can't wait for it to happen. Mark Williams, 14 points, five blocks, five boards. 67 from the from the field, two or three <laughs> from awesome. the line. This is so good. This is, an, this is an only 19 minutes, and, and to be fair, I don't think he's going to play much more than you know 22 to 23 minutes if Theo's playing the way he is. To me, Mark was exactly what I thought he was going to be and who I expect him to be all year. So absolutely met my expectations. AC. Yeah, same. Met. He was hitting free throws. He was blocking shots. He was assertive. Like he, his attitude is great. Like he's he's got a no back down attitude. There was a play where on the other end of the floor, I think one of the guys kind of pushed him on a rebound or something, and you know I kind of made him mad. He looked at the ref for a call, gave up on that real quick, ran down the court, and then tried to block everybody's shot, and then ended up swatting somebody in on the baseline right after. Like it was awesome, dude. Like that hunger, the passion, the anger, like all of it was there. Mark Williams is about to have one of those historic Duke seasons for real on the defensive end. Yeah, Jack, I think that he has the same attitude on the court that you do on this podcast, so I'll let you finish with that. <laughs> I'm just like, Mark, Mark feasted. Mark had an incredible end to last season, and obviously it ended on, a, on an unfortunate note. And I think he's, 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 feast, he's feeding off that, and you can see it. Five blocks, like... 14 points, that's great. The two of three from the line, I love seeing it. That one miss was a fadeaway that I don't even think he would have taken if not for the fact that his man was yeah. like five feet away from him. I, I'm just really, I keep saying I'm excited because I miss Duke basketball. That being said, Mark Williams with the development that he had toward the end of last season, this man is going to be so fun to watch. He, he can score in the post. He can dunk the crap out of the ball. We've seen him hit good like jump shots before, and his defense with the the wingspan, the reach, the frame, it's gonna be top like top three in the ACC like among bigs in my in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, are really sleeping on Big Mark, and I hope that they do because he's going to shut him up. But one guy that we already know is going to be the best player in the country, and to me, just left little doubt in my mind that that was going to be the case with Paolo. 21 points, 9 boards, and if he wanted to have more, he would have. You know, this is all in, t- in 20 minutes. He was 8 of 13 from the field. Only thing I would have liked to see him a little bit better, and it is a concern of mine, I will say that now, his free throw shooting, because we did see it in CTC. We heard about it against Villanova, and then we see it again here. Only 4 of 7 from the line. I would have liked to see see that. And the same with AJ, actually, because I'm going to bring it up there, but... I do, I do concern myself a little bit with that. Other than that, though, he met my expectations because I do think he's the best player in the country, and he showed that from the first play of the game. AC, yeah, he's, yeah, I don't know, I don't even know what to say about Paolo anymore. <laughs> like, twenty minutes, twenty-one points, nine rebounds. That's a, that's an insane stat line. And and again, he was taking shots that. That's that's my favorite part. He was taking shots that he knows he needs to take later on in the season. He's practicing them now, and I'm I'm here for it, man. It's very much like like Tatum, except for at this point he's better than Tatum was, and that's saying something at at this stage in their new careers or whatever. That's this dude is insane, man. Yep, Jack, wrap it up. Paulo, Paulo, I can't even say he exceeded my expectations because my expectations were like best player in the country. He proved them. I can't. I don't want to say he met them. I want to say he exceeded them. He proved that he's the best player in the country. He he can get to the hoop with ease on like so one dribble. Good. He he is. He's amazing. I don't I don't know like if I've ever seen a player at the collegiate level in my lifetime be this dominant with this little experience. Like, yeah, I've seen guys like Zion, Jabari, Tatum. Like, he's Paulo like, is better. He's senior calm on the court. He is he's like it's crazy, man. Like he's got the mental and the physical, and I don't think I've ever seen a Duke player this young with both of those mm-hmm. so refined. And you see, a lot of that has to do with his uh, playing overseas, right? Yeah, with the Italian team and all that. He's, I mean, he's he's been he's been thrust into high level basketball, you know, ever since he became, you know, kind of almost exclusively a basketball player. He was a football player for a while there. But once he kind of realized, you know, this is this is me and this is where I'm making my loot, then he's 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 put himself in those positions to play high level ball. You know, he saw him in that pro am over the summer, everything else. Like this he's ready, man. He's just there's nothing that's going yeah. to face him this college season. Nothing. A zone, he's gonna be our zone breaker, he and Mark. He's gonna play the high post in the zone and absolutely demolish any zone Syracuse or anybody else wants to put on us, Louisville, whoever else, Chris Mack gonna Chris Mack. He's gonna he's gonna kill any man to man because there's no one who can match up with him. And I really can't wait to see what he does to Armando Baycott, because that's gonna be so fun. <laughs> and we almost got we almost got through half the uh, podcast without him without it's never gonna happen. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, so all right, so there we go. We're gonna make that a uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. I forgot that you made a sale this week. So we did have a sponsor for that segment. Jack did bring us in uh, his first sponsorship. That was from Meme Stocks, uh, like GME, AMC. And GME, by the way, uh, has blown up this week. So good job, Thanks, Jack. Jack uh, that We are trending, brought to you by Meme Stocks. Okay, thank you, Jack. Okay, so uh, now we have uh, our third segment. <laughs> I, love I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Which I hope is a little bit more of a smoother transition uh, for Duke, which is our offensive flow this season. And AC, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about mm-hmm. the sets that they were running. It seems like more of a traditional, you know, Coach K, he's got the, the guys at the at the high elbows, you know, running that traditional f- kind of flex motion offense from the top. 
what kind of offense do you see him playing? Do you see him kind of sticking with what he knows? Or do you see him kind of tweaking as he goes to see what fits this lineup? Because I just feel like we are so balanced that he doesn't really have to do a whole lot to get in the way there. No, we're we, we're very balanced. It, it's you know I think Trevor is going to end up be, probably being our second leading scorer on the team, but yeah. it's going to be probably far away from Paolo. Like it's going to be like a difference between like nineteen and twelve points or something like that. But yeah. you know what I mean. But I just I love how much motion we're running again. That's what made that 2001 national title team so special was the amount of motion that they ran. And that's the offensive sets we ran against Winston-Salem State truly reminded me of that squad. And one thing this team's going to be able to do that that team really couldn't do is the high-low. Like Paolo and Mark are running that high-low a little bit. You saw it, little snippets of it. But, you know, it's it's there. And I can't wait till we employ that because with him or with Theo even, Theo's such a good passer he can also do the same thing. And Paolo, you know, he scores on three levels. And it's like, okay, what, what are you going to do to stop this team? Like, you can't help off of anybody as long as guys are hitting their shots, which so far they have. So let's just assume that they're going to. So you can't help off. You're not going to be able to double unless somebody like Jalen or, you know, Bates or Joey's in the game. So, like, really, what are you going to do? And if you do double off Joey, hopefully he's hitting his shots at that point. So it's like, man, like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with this team, dude? <laughs> and like I mentioned before, it's th- this. We have so many ball handlers. Like I said, this basketball evolves; it changes. Like I keep hearing, like when people talk about Paolo, it's like, oh man, he's. A, I've said it myself: a six ten guy handling like he's six three or whatever. It's like let's stop saying that because now it's just he can handle the ball because there's so many big guys who can handle the ball. So it's not about like a six three guy or whatever else. Like he can handle the ball. End of story. The rest of the team can handle the ball outside of Mark. And it kills, I'm telling you, it kills the true point guard, and I love every second of it. There are no more Cassius Winstons, no more Martin Cleaves, no more of those guys in basketball. Like, people talked about the true center being dead. True center's back because you can play defense, he can shoot shots, but the true point guard is done, dude. The guy who runs down the floor and just throws the ball away and then never touches it again, that's over. Well, I can't follow that, Jack. Uh, I, I, I don't have the amount of emotion or, you know, obviously the <laughs> stiff enough of a drink to have that. Kind of a reaction to that. But, Jack, I do want to ask you something because I did notice this, that, you know, they had AJ kind of flash into that, that free throw line quite a bit. Where do you see him kind of fitted in once he kind of gets his, you know, legs under him and gets his confidence back? And, again, you know, AC brings up February. I think it could be, you know, maybe a little bit earlier than that, maybe, maybe mid-January. But once he does, where do you kind of see AJ fitting in to the offense? AJ is a plug and play guy. That's that's my look. First, I just want to say you you really you don't you're not ready for point mark AC clearly. Um, <laughs> I had mark. to say it. I had Untuck, to say it. Untucked Mark Williams gets his jersey in this in the rafters. Untucked Mark Williams is a beast. <laughs> I, I had to say it. <laughs> as soon as um, that jersey comes out, he's a monster. Uh, yeah, point mark's gonna be something. But back to back to AJ. He um I think he really he's a plug and play kind of guy. He can play like he can play two, three, or four. And he can match up with, I think, one through four, um, realistically, just with the athleticism, the size. And he um, he can play those positions pretty well because he can shoot it. He can facilitate. He can do he can do a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And just he's, he's a versatile player. He's well-rounded, I guess, is the word I'm trying to look for. And yeah. just because of that, I can't really give I'm, – I'm sorry to say, TK, but I really can't give a set role that I think I would see him fitting into the offense with because I don't think he has one. I think he's going to play. It's going to be matchup based. He's going to play wherever he's, 
wherever K is going to put him and he's going to thrive in whatever role it is. Well, I, th- yeah, and I, I think, think that's where, I think that's where you're going to see him struggle a little bit early on. It's hard for a freshman at high level basketball like that, especially coming off an injury where he's still got that in the back of his mind to be able to, okay, this is your role for these four minutes. All right. Now this, these four minutes, I need you to be a scorer. Now these four minutes, I just need you to like, that's something that you see a junior or a senior take on because they're so used to it at this point. He's, he's young. And he's a freshman, and I think that's where and, he's going to start. And he's missing a lot. And he's missing a lot yeah, of time. That's true. So, so like, you know, we, we, he hasn't played basically in two years. And AC, I want to bring you to this because, you know, I think that that's really the point for, and that's why I wanted to talk about AJ so mm-hmm. much offensively, is because we know the individual skills that he yeah. has, but everybody else, to your point, they know exactly what their role is. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt with Jeremy's role is, no doubt with Peel's role is, no doubt with Mark's role is, no doubt with Powell, obviously. Yep. So then I ask you, okay, so what is it with AJ? How can Coach K get the most out of him, you know, with with his skill set and make him still comfortable? It's going to be all about who he subs in for and the personnel on the floor. And there's going to be times he's going to be in the back of a zone. There's going to be times he's in the front of a zone. There's going to be times he's helping out with a trap up top. There's going to be times where he's helping off on help defense. And it's going to take – that's why I put February as when he's going to be completely com- yeah. comfortable with who he is because it's going to take that long, especially getting – It's we'll, we'll probably see a flash of it when we see some of these like lower-ranked teams that we play in December and those out-of-conference games. But then when the ACC schedule hits – and that tough schedule is going to start happening. You're going to see a little bit of a setback, I think, with AJ. And then you're going to see him start to thrive again. And I'm telling you, when he does, this team is – they're completely unguardable. They're, you can't score on them. Not, all the above. Like, he sets this team to a different stratosphere because any other school, he is their number one player. And at Duke, he's probably going to be our sixth man. Let's play. So defensively, then, let's switch gears because I think we all start for us. Uh, with with Mark Williams anchoring our defense, he gave the opportunity for our defense of Darns to get out there and pressure. And AC, you brought it up earlier. You know, it, it allows them they they are funneling their the driver mm-hmm. to him because he he just creates so much you know disturbance at the rim. Guy had five blocks and he could have easily had six more if if he really needed to. Same thing with uh, Theo. And while he might not have the length that, that Mark does, he allows us to have that guy at the back of our front line that we just haven't had. So defensively, I know you brought up zone before. Give me, I guess, a percentage of zone to, to you know pressure man that you see Coach K imply in the season. As, as long as everybody's doing their job, I, I can only imagine it being you know, 90-10. There's probably, probably going to be some games where we never play zone, especially if they're going to bring out one or two big guys like this team did. A couple times this team brought one big out, so then that's when we went to the zone, especially, like I said before, when Bates and Joey were on the floor. Yeah, like You're going to see all kinds of things are going to happen this year, like Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is going to bring out you know a bunch of guards, but guess what? They still have Kevin Aluma, who has to play down low to be effective, so they can't, they can't be a completely five-out type of team. Like We're not going to run into those teams very often, and if we do run into those teams, good luck because our bigs can move. Like Mark Williams showed he can guard on the perimeter a little bit. Paolo showed he can guard on the perimeter. He's a much better defender than I really you know, even thought he could be. So this team is going to have a lot of options. As I mentioned before, our, our perimeter defenders in terms of AJ, Wendell, Jeremy, and Trevor are the best in the nation. And I'm, that's not even a, a question for me. Like those dudes are so locked in defensively, the length that they offer. And then we turn all those chains of possessions 
into actual points. Like that's the beauty of it. Like we weren't doing that last year. This year we're doing it. We had 51 points off of us getting a defensive rebound, a steal, or any other form of turnover. Like that's how you build huge leads. And I, I admit, dude, we're we're set on that end. Jack, what do you see us doing defensively? Where do you think our identity will be made? Paint. I think I think guys are going like like AC said. We are, we got one of the best perimeter defenses, if not the best in the country. That's not a question. I think that Mark and Theo down low, if, if guys do on the rare occasion get by someone like AJ, Trev, Wendell, Jeremy, they got to meet Mark Williams or Theo John in the paint. And that's a scary Good thought. <laughs> Good luck. And, 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 and how many times, Jack, how many times before they just stop trying to get into the lane? I mean, I mean it's a, a kind of a facetious question, but really – you're going to at some point get pretty discouraged when you're driving into late and watching you and your teammates get slotted left and right and maybe get, you know, dropped to the floor quite a few times. Yeah, exactly. That's like, it's going to be a thought that's going to pop into people's heads. And that's, that's a good thing because again, we got that elite perimeter defense. And if they're just going to shoot jump shots, I don't care mm-hmm. if it's a mid range shot of three, mm-hmm. they're not going to make that many of them realistically. AC, I've already seen a lot of the Kentucky fans talk about how many threes they're going to be jacking up in Madison Square Garden, and I, I, mean, I think that I think that they're already scared of, of of what they're going to run into at the rim. But you know, we're not going to preview the game here. But do you see teams kind of going for the same strategy where, hey, we're going to live and die by the three because we know we're going to lose at the rim? I think so. I think you're going to I think this team is going to force teams to play side to side, which you don't want to do an entire game. Like three point shooting is important. It's but what kind of shots are you getting? Are the passes coming from the interior or are they just coming from the outside? If they're just coming from the outside, I'll tell you right now. Beautiful. Like, let's let everyone shoot like that. And I think that's what this team is going to do. I think they're going to force bad three-point shots, which I'm totally fine with. Like, the, some of the shots Winston-Salem State hit, there's a hand in their face every single time. So those shots throughout the season when fatigue hits and everything else aren't going to be dropping for everyone. So, like, that's that's a team's best option against us is to go side to side. Uh, please bring that on. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to see how we do offensively and defensively. And we're going to touch a little bit more on all of that coming up for next week when we play Kentucky in Madison Square Garden. But like we did last time, let's talk a little bit about how our boys are doing in the NBA. And I know I know, my boy Jack has a lot to say about how we're doing, so take it away, Jack. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's start with Gary Trent Jr. Gary oh, Trent Jr., just last night, a Monday night, uh, November 1st, Raptors played in New York against the Knicks, RJ's Knicks, and uh, <laughs> Gary, Gary shows up, and he does a quiet 26 points. That's so quiet. <laughs> four of eleven from three, ten of twenty-two from the field. Yeah, just just four steals, only four. Um, locked up everyone he guarded. Evan Fournier shot five for thirteen, two for seven from deep. That was his primary matchup, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know. I know. AC knows that as a long-suffering Knicks fan. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Gary also plus fifteen on the game, which means that when he was in, the Raptors outscored the Knicks by fifteen. Mm-hmm. Which is tied for second on the on the Raptors. Now going to the uh, other side of the floor with RJ Barrett. RJ scored twenty seven, had six rebounds um, last night, and then the day before Halloween, he had a career high with thirty five points. He had eight rebounds, six assists. It was an incredible, incredible showing for him, and uh, I was impressed. I think 
college RJ finally caught up to NBA RJ, which was beautiful to see. Now, uh, on top of that, he also only had one turnover. He was plus eight in a, te- in a game his team won by six, which means that they were minus two with him off the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shot 12-18, six of eight from three in that game. That was that was probably the biggest overall game of every of everyone uh, in the past week from Duke in the NBA. Now, I'm going to real quick. We were missing one part about Gary Trent when he locked up Cole Anthony uh, while he was trying to get the game. Man, I completely forgot about that. How could I forget? Jeez, I forgot about Gary last week, too, when I was talking about this. Gary Trent. You're supposed to be our NBA guy, Jeff. I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm, I'm also just a college student who's got a lot (laughs) on his plate. No, Gary Trent has just been insane recently and he's become like a top tier defender mm-hmm. not that this is unexpected for anyone who watched him in college he's he's been amazing and i'm i'm really happy to see gary proving that he can do this on a, a much larger stage than he did in college yeah yeah he he had 19 that game including two steal and two steals in the block raptors one by one over his uh his best friend from college wendell carter and the magic that's right. Um, speaking of Wendell Carter, last night he had a really good game. His uh, his Magic beat the Timberwolves. Not that that's saying super much, but he had 15 points. He had 14 rebounds. He shot two of three from deep. That's his second double double now, right? Oh, it might be more. No, nah, he's got. More. Let's see, he's got. That's his fourth double double, including Damn, he had a 2010 man. game against the Hornets last week. My man, 17 and 12 in the game against Gary Trent and the Raptors. He uh, he's really been impressing. He's a guy who's constantly going to put up like fourteen and eleven, and I I'm really Wendell Carter. I'm very excited to see how he does in Orlando. Chicago didn't exactly work out. We got we got to talk about we got to talk about the guy Tyus Jones too. Yes, sir. We got Tyus. <laughs> Tyus last night had a career high with eight rebounds. Yeah. He had four assists off the bench. He. Uh, he had the most points scored by a bench player for the Grizzlies this season with 17. He shot 6 for 9, 5 for 7 from 3. He had a couple of steals. Again, four assists to one turnover. I mean, he's backing up John Morant, who had 26, but he also he was their second-leading scorer with 17. Yeah. Tyus Jones, I think that was the a Jones huge boys, signing. Man. Trey yeah, also, Trey, Trey had 9 Trey points in 18 nine. minutes. Yep. Trey played oh, really well. So he's starting to show some trust in Trey, which I like to see. Yeah, that's really that's exciting because I think Trey – I don't think Trey's getting the playtime he deserves. He's tearing up the G League. He tore up the Summer League. Yep. I think he's finally yes. getting a chance to like play with NBA talent. I think I think Popovich, Popovich still thinks he's like 1999 <laughs> here. So, you know, yeah. he gets a better well, maybe, maybe Trey turns into Tony Parker. Who knows? That, that's a possibility. <laughs> All it's, it's I know. Tough, it's, tough, it's tough to do when yeah, you know most, All I know is... RJ is taking shots from Julius Randle, so that makes me extremely <laughs> We've got to get to the most important thing, Because I though. hate everything Julius Randle. Because <laughs> my man is balling, dude. What he said, uh, like uh, I think it was uh, the first time in Knicks history that uh, somebody scored more than 25 points a game and had over 65% from the field. And he's locking up on D, dude. Like, this is crazy, man. <laughs> RJ and like, Gary have the chance to both be all defense this year if they keep this up. Yes. Duke fans who hate RJ Barrett suck it. Suck it because the dude's a beast, and you guys are stupid for thinking that the seniors were the ones that were great on that team when they were the failures of that squad. And RJ and Zion did everything they possibly could, so suck it. RJ, I, I don't, I understand 
why people don't like RJ just because of like the La- the Gonzaga game, the Michigan State game. But at the same time, RJ Barrett had one of the best offensive seasons in the history of Duke basketball. So why do you hate the man? He averaged twenty two and a half points a game. He scored eight hundred and some like yeah. sixty points or something like that. Yes, and now he's doing it in the league. Exactly. I'm so happy for <laughs> RJ. The beauty of it. Man. He's doing now. Now we got to get. We got one last little NBA highlight. Most important, Seth Curry on my Sixers. He's yes. dropped. He <laughs> dropped uh, twenty eight. Um, a little over a week ago, we talked about this against OKC. He had twenty eight. Now he's had he had a couple duds since he had four against the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixers did not win that game. I don't want to hear it, AC. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> hey man, I wasn't even gonna bring it up. Dude. Uh, and then twelve <laughs> against the Detroit. <laughs> twelve against Detroit. Fifteen against the Hawks. But then last night against the Blazers, no Embiid, no Tobias Harris, and obviously no Ben Simmons. Seth steps up. He has twenty three points, six rebounds, five assists. He makes every two point shot he attempts and shoots three for ten mm-hmm. from three, which. I mean, most of those threes were pretty heavily contested. He made three of them, yeah. which is more than enough for me. He's balling out of control, I'm man. So I love Seth, man. Seth, I love what he's done. Seth is elevated past role player at this point. He's a bona fide starter in the league, and after yeah. everything he's been through, he get, getting cut, yeah. only playing two games in his first three years in the league, Yep, going to the D League. It's so good to yeah, see Seth him thriving. Is, he's doing work. I hope I hope Quinn can find his way back in very similarly because he was he's somebody else who was just he was hitting shots all over the floor, doing everything he needed to do, and you know he got cut or whatever. So I hope he can find his way back to. He needs to go back to the Warriors, man. Yes, sir. Man, I feel I feel like Cam Reddish right now. You know he's not getting the love. You're RJ, you're Zion, and I'm over here, probably the best player on the three of us. And I'm not putting the love, but Cam Reddish, man, he's, he's balling too. Cam is. Cam is certainly ball, balling. We talked a little bit about him last week. Right now, I think he he's mostly coming off the bench. He's averaging something like 16 points per game. He's shooting 40% yeah. from three. Cam Reddish is getting the confidence for the first time since he's since he was in high school. He's been confident. And I, I mean, having seen him play in high school, that man was a different animal. Like He was relegated. Right. I don't want to say relegated because it's really not being relegated given that team, but he was relegated to the third option behind Zion and RJ at Duke, which yeah. took a lot of his momentum away. He's very much a guy who who thrives on that momentum. He's getting it back now being a second option, really, when he's in with uh, Trey and like mostly second unit Atlanta team. Even, even when he's on with the starters, he's a second option. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys have said that Cam's going to have the best career of anyone in that draft class. Now that he's actually finally healthy and playing, it's it's just something you love to see as a Duke fan. Yep, and hopefully, you know, Kevin Herter, he and those two can kind of work that whole thing out playing together and such because I think both of them are just two great young stars, and it's going to be fun to watch oh, them. for sure. Now, call me crazy. I think they could both be better than Trey Young. <laughs> Um, don't don't get me started on Trey Young. It's not it's not. Good. I do not I, like that guy. I've I never like been a Trey Young guy, and I I'm glad that the new rule. I'm glad that the new rules are in place to to shut him down. He's he's a, he's, a, he's an absolute bitch. Uh, he's a he's a baby bad bitch. I mean that's what wow. he is. Um, so, You're right. I mean, well, it is. He's a triple B. He is a triple B. That's what he is. Certified. Certified. Is that on the menu? <laughs> Uh, yeah, with with it with the complimentary Oreo shake, two straws, bro. You know, get that Bourbon Street steak, the Oreo shake, you know, all of it. All right, here we go. So next week will be brought to you by Applebee's, and uh, we got a big show coming up for you next week. 
is really the kickoff of the, the, kickoff the farewell story, tour. The last ride for Coach K. We got UK in MSG. AC will be there. Jack will be there. Yes, sir. Kim K will be there. Yes, Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the Five Point Play Podcast. The number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at Five Point Play Podcast. That's the number Five Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter, Five Point Play Podcast. Go Duke!